day for me was it <laughs> <laughs> was it though <laughs> this yeah. afternoon was actually pretty good i uh, i almost like passed out and died today but that's okay i've had a lot of cake today so yeah same oh, i was born with cake so <laughs> okay <laughs> we can go ahead and get started because we're in a in a rush because our producer is rushing us tonight her husband just came home. If I had a husband, I'd probably be rushing us too. If I had a husband, he'd probably get on my nerves. <laughs> 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 Anyways, um, so I'm going to go ahead and start with the most haunted house in America, which is the Whaley House. Whaley. Said to be the most haunted house in America. And it is um, in San Diego, California. The Life Magazine is the one who said it was... Um, the most haunted house in America. Right, because magazines, <clears throat> magazines are where it's about life, especially. It was built in 1857 um, by Thomas Whaley and his family. And it's built on a graveyard, which is really, uh, so it, it used to be like a graveyard. And Why do people side. think that that's a smart idea? What I want to know. That's just asking to be haunted. Is what they did with like like the tombstones and stuff. Um, I'm pretty sure you know our my school that I went to was actually built on top of a graveyard. You know what they did? They just moved the tombstones and left the coffins. Well, where they I'm were sure at. that that's probably what they did here. I'm just saying that's asking for trouble. Right uh, yeah. <laughs> so okay. Anyways, um, it was built on a burial site and. Thomas Whaley actually, how about we just get started with him? Let's just do the background of him real quick okay. because. Sounds good. It's just a. It's a roller coaster ride? Yeah. Okay. This one's really interesting. Like I really, I really enjoyed um, researching this one. So um, okay. <laughs> anyways, he was born in 18. 23, 20, yeah, 1823. I like how you looked at me like I knew the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was the seventh out of ten ch children. He took over his father's business, which I don't know why he was the one to take it over. That really, that, that couldn't really find anything on that. Yeah, that was really Do you weird. know what the business was? Trade. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was just trade business back in the 1800s. It really wasn't much. Anyway, so um, he traveled a lot for business, and he traveled to California, right across San Diego, and uh, he really liked being in San Diego. But he went back to New York City, and or he went back to New York, and that's where he met his wife. He married his wife Anna. After he married her, they returned back to San Diego, and that's where this all begins. <laughs> 
They returned in December and in August of 57, they moved into their house that they built. So they built this house after watching this guy. So they had a gallo, uh, is that what you call it? Like a big tree, I guess, I don't know. Oh yeah, like a gallow where they would hang people. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so they had this big gallow on the property at the time, and they watched this guy get hanged, and they still decided to go forth with buying and building on the property after this convicted robber was hanged and killed. And um, <clears throat> could you imagine so, having guests over and you're just like, and that is the tree. Where this guy was hanged, and that's what sold us on the property. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's how they told the story? I'm sure not. I mean, it was a really weird looking house. Like, if you look at pictures of it, I really don't like care for it, to be honest. I don't, I don't really care. I think I've seen for pictures of it. Isn't it like a square, two story? Yeah. Oh, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't really like it. Anyways, um, they had six kids together. Um, they had Francis, Thomas Jr., Anna, George, Violet, and Kareem. Um, Thomas Jr. died at 18 months old, which is their second born, and, um, that he died in the house. Uh, he suffered from, um, scarlet fever. He had scarlet fever. Mm. So, and then, um, <laughs> after, he, he died in 1958. After they moved into the house or whatever, they, they've been there for a while now. Their kids are growing up. So their fifth child, her name is Violet. She um, she went, she got engaged. When she got engaged, the guy that she got engaged to thought that he was going to inherit a bunch of money because their family apparently had a bunch of money. So he thought he was gonna inherit a bunch of money, didn't get any money, and left her. Mm. Well, yeah, she was like married and everything. He was a gold digger. He was a white chick. He was. A, <laughs> He was not a, yeah, he was. Uh, <laughs> but no, he was a um, con artist. So yeah, they okay. found that out later on. Once okay. they found that out, you know, they went through a divorce. They were already married. They went through a divorce. Well, she was very, very upset with it. She was shunned away. Like Yeah, because her, at that time, if you didn't have, you know, a husband, like women couldn't own man. Right. Like she was, divorced, she was the were, shame like, of the family yeah, at the time. Used. Yeah, so she was, um... <laughs> She, she went through it rough. She, um, she was really depressed. She could not deal with all the shame that the town, like, um, put her through, I guess. Like, yeah. they put her through a lot of stuff, so, um. Because she was, like, women were already less, and a divorced woman was just nothing. Yeah. Right, so, uh, she could not deal with that, and she shot herself. Oh, shit. Yeah. So since she shot herself, she shot herself in the chest. And so she was only 22 years old when she did shoot herself. Um, it takes a lot of guts to shoot yourself in the chest. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like it takes a lot of guts to shoot yourself in general. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I would want to go for like the instinct, like you know, not like the... Selfish. So, you know, what's really cool though is, um, it's, it's actually really sad. It's not really cool, but Edgar Allan Poe has a poem that she wrote. Oh. Yes. And the poem states, mad from life's history, swift to light, to death's mystery, glad to be hurled anywhere out of this world. 
That was the pillow maker. I don't know if that. So, um, the youngest daughter moved back home and she is the one who has, she actually stayed in it up until like the 1950s. There was a lot of, um, deaths in that house. Thomas, the owners, Thomas and Anna, they died in the house. Um, of course they died later on than their kids did. Uh, they had two children die in the house. Um, they finally got, after the youngest one got rid of the house, they turned it into a museum. Do you have a question? No. You leaned in like you had. Yeah, because when I'm supposed to speak up and talk, I gotta get a little closer. Yeah, because we have our headphones on. Yeah. So, women are vain, okay? They wouldn't want to mess up their face or their head. Mm-hmm. Which is why they shoot. Oh, interesting. You said they don't want to mess up their face or their yeah, head? Yeah, so that's why she shot her chest. Okay. okay. Well, that makes a lot more sense, but then again, don't shoot yourself in general. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Open casket. Open casket. Yeah. So this is why she shot herself in the chest. Hmm. Okay. Well, Maybe. Good to know. Good to know, though. Um. Anyways, the oldest ghost said to be there is the robber who was hanged. The very first one that Thomas actually witnessed. The owner witnessed. Yeah. Witness he had. Um. As a matter of fact, whenever Thomas and Anna moved into their house, they started reporting, um, heavy footsteps said to be from like a. A, a grown man, a grown man's footsteps, they automatically assumed it was uh, Yankee Jim. That was the guy who was hanged. That was his nickname? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, what a nickname. Yankee Jim. They call yeah. me Yankee Jim. <laughs> <laughs> there have been reports of other footsteps. The youngest daughter of the family, like I said, she lived in there until 1953, and she was convinced the house was haunted by Yankee Jim. Um... I don't care if I have to live on the street. During its, in a haunted house. Yeah, during its restoration period, where, uh, workers reported strange sounds, sights, aromas, um, encounters. They could hear, like, tiny footsteps, uh, giggling, laughing, like it was coming from the, the, Children. the child that mm -hmm. passed away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, others reported seeing... This one is, like, the skit. Like, this, this one <laughs> freaks me out a little bit. But um, others reported seeing a woman... On the second floor, uh, they think it's the one who shot herself. Um, they'll see her standing in the window or they'll see her at the top of the stairs. Um, that's because that's where she spent most of her time when she was going through her divorce. <clears throat> and then yeah, from me. areas like on the second floor become cold randomly in random spots. Hmm. And she'll mess with the curtains on the second floor. So like after they'll shut down the museum or the building or whatever it is now, which now I think it's permanently closed. I think they do ghost tours now, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. But um, <clears throat> what they'll do is, or like after they shut it down, people have reported seeing like the windows, um, the curtains in the windows, mm -hmm. like opening and shutting and like moving around. They've reported seeing lights go on and off. And I stuff just have like to that. say, if I'm staying in a house and it's haunted, if you leave me alone, that's okay. But if I'm sleeping, and you open up the curtains and it's daytime and you wake me up, I'm cleansing the house. Like, I'm getting rid of you. Because um, <laughs> you like your sleep. <laughs> I, like my, I don't care if you're dead or not. You get eternal sleep. I don't. Yeah. Well, I don't know. If they're just, like, running around haunting the house, do, are, they're not asleep. I don't know how that works. Anyways. Maybe they don't get tired, but I do. 
So some reports of aromas would be like a French perfume, which is what uh, Thomas's wife would wear was French perfumes. Um, they, there have been reports of seeing Thomas, which is the owner of the house at the top of the stairs in a suit and a top hat. Um, they have reported, um, oh, the chandelier in the house will move. It'll swing back and forth and it'll cut on and off randomly. Um, but yeah. Yep, that's all she wrote. So apparently like family and that guy saw who haunts the house. It's really, I don't know. It gets a lot of activity. I think they did a um, Ghost Adventures oh, episode okay. on it. Yeah. That's how you know it's really haunted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I will tell you before I uh, tell the story, if you have children or if you have a weak stomach, just know that the story's really messed up. Okay. Do you have a weak stomach? <laughs> no, I guess it is kind of stuff. Only dairy. <laughs> I'm telling you, I she is lactose no, intolerant. I am not. And if I am, then so be it. I'm still going to drink a glass of milk. They it is what it is. Drink lactate. And it lasts for like a month and a half. No. So anyways, I'm doing a story on the West Memphis Three. Which is, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, uh, Devil's Knot. No? So that movie was based off of this story. Okay. So in, uh, on May 5th, 1993, three boys, Stephen Branch, Michael Moore, and Christopher Byers all went missing. Um, they were eight years old at the time, which, I mean, to put it in perspective, they were in second grade, so they were like babies. But... So they went missing, and on May 6th, their bodies were found in a drainage ditch in um, Robin Hood Hills. All three were stripped naked and hogtied with their own shoelaces. Um, yeah, it gets, it gets more messed up. <laughs> so Damien Eccles, uh, Jason Baldwin, and Jesse Miss Kelly Jr. were all charged with murdering the three boys uh, three months later. Um, when did this take place? It, in 1993. Oh, okay. Yeah, so three months later. Um, two of them were sentenced to life in prison, and the third was actually given the death sentence. But in 2011, they agreed to an Alfred plea, which I had never heard of until I started, you know, until I started looking into this. Um, basically, the Alfred plea um, allows them to proclaim their innocence while admitting that the prosecution had enough evidence on them to... Um, convict them um, and they were released so they were released they were released okay. trust me your, your your tune will change I promise so Stevie's mom Pamela Hicks said the last time she spoke to her son on May 5th um, he had actually asked to go take a bike ride with his friends um, John Myers, Christopher's father, reported the boys missing to the um, West Memphis PD at 8 p.m. that night. Um, the authorities launched an, ex or an extensive search the next day for the boys um, where they were last seen playing, which was a really wooded area. It was around I-40. It was like hundreds of acres of just woods, and that was the Robin Hood Hills. Um, the bodies were found that afternoon. Christopher's cause of death, death was uh, multiple injuries um, and his genitals were actually mutilated. So like they were cut off? 
it doesn't go into detail it just says that they were severely mutilated um, um michael and stevie were they had multiple injuries but it also showed that they drowned so they're not really sure exactly what happened if they're not sure um christopher also had a fractured skull on top of his mutilated genitals so he was basically beaten yeah okay um i'm assuming he probably went first maybe they just so I, I don't know i don't know so is this like still a mystery since the other two drowned they all died all three of them well i know that i'm saying like is the other two's death still a mystery no they just they died from a they died from drowning and multiple injuries oh um, investigators zeroed in on 18-year-old high school dropout Damian Eccles. Um, he stood out in his con um, conservative small town because he lived in a trailer park. He wore all black. He listened to heavy metal music, and he liked horror and science fiction. So he was like an outcast. That's the only thing they had on him? Was just that he was Yeah, buried? basically, because they were in the Bible Belt, and they thought he was part of the occult. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um... He also studied Wicca, which is part of paganism and um, witchcraft. So that's part of why they believe that he was part of the occult. Um, high school teacher Jim Ferguson actually said that he was like some Wiccan cult member. Uh, are you talking about or wacko, some wacko cult member. Yeah. So, gotta love high school teachers, right? <clears throat> they so, can be just as mean as students. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... They basically just stereotyped him? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah, but not only him, his two friends, uh, Jason Baldwin, who was 16 up at the time, actually got wrapped up in the investigation basically because he was friends with Damien. And he also liked all the same things that Damien liked. So they were all part of the occult, apparently. Um, he was also known for getting into fistfights and trouble around town. So it's... They kind of, they really stereotype the kids. Jesse Miss Kelly was brought in for questioning on June 3rd, 1993, and was held for 12 hours during which he was waived his right. He waived his rights to a lawyer and eventually confessed to being involved with the murders. Um, and he also implicated his friends, um, Baldwin and Eccles. Meaning like he's an Islam? Basically, yeah. Oh, snitches so get stitches. Is he the one that got the death penalty? Uh, it doesn't really, just, just. Okay, 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 okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, you are. Um, however, his confession had too many factual errors. Um, he kept going back on his confession. He kept changing the story, mixing things up. and So that's like a... Um, false confession. Yeah, but I've I've read up on this, and it's like uh, that's how you know when somebody's telling the truth and when they're not, like when they're lying, their story will usually change up or whatever. Well... It later, they later found out that his IQ was 72. So. Is that low? Yeah. Um, Mom, he had a, he didn't have like a the mental. 30. They said the his mental capacity rendered his confession involuntary. So they actually think that somebody coached him into his confession. Yeah. Um, so basically. They got tired, tired of trying to investigate. So yeah. Just, yeah, basically, or they're like, we'll give no, you they, they, what they do is they, they tell you, like, basically, they can ruin you. They already have enough. You might as well just submit it. Yeah. And then the people get scared, and they do. Um, so, yeah, he was, 
<clears throat> he was mentally not all there, so they think that somebody coached him into his confession. Um, although he recanted his confession, it was still enough to convict him, so they still convicted him. Even though he kept going back for that whole 12 hours, he kept going back on his story. And, you know, they would say, hey, you know, it was a Friday. Where were you? And he was like, oh, I was in the woods. And he was like, well, it's a school day, you know, that kind of thing. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was at school. So... So really none of them could have done it. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So um, all three of them were found guilty of one count of first degree murder and two counts of second degree murder and sentenced to life in prison in February 1995. Um, so he, they all had life in prison. The third one was taken away from the death penalty. It's like he didn't, he didn't get the death penalty anymore. Um... <clears throat> Eccles and Baldwin went to trial a month later and prosecutors, ar or prosecutors argued that they murdered the boys in a satanic ritual. Um, they were found guilty on three counts of capital murder. Yeah. Um, Baldwin was given life without parole while Eccles was sentenced to death by lethal injection. However, he did not get it. Um, it was suggested that the three may have been scapegoated Again, because, you know, whoever did it obviously coerced Jesse into his, into his confession. Um, while the West <coughs> Memphis, while the, I can't talk today. While the West Memphis three appeals were denied, a new batch of DNA testing was done in 2007. And this is where, this is where it got really messed up for me. A hair found in one of the shoelaces used to bind the boys matched Terry Hobbs, who is Stevie's stepfather. Which is one of the kids that passed mm -hmm. away. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, another, go ahead. Wouldn't it be normal to find hair of your stepfather's? <sighs> There's more. Okay. Another hair was found on a tree stump near the crime scene and was found to be consistent with DNA of uh, David Jacoby, which was a friend of Terry Hobbs. So you think like the stepdad and his friend did it? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, Hobbs and Jacoby were denied involvement in the murders and were never named suspects or arrested in connection with the case. So even though they had evidence, they never brought them in for uh, questioning or anything like that. Because they already had who they wanted. Yeah. Well, it was a conservative town and he was friends with all the cops mm. um, and everything like that. In fall 2010, um, the Arkansas Supreme Court um, ordered new uh, evidence um, for the three boys, the following year, lawyers worked for the uh, West Memphis Three presented the new DNA testing, which showed no link between them and the 1993 murders of the three boys. So there was nothing that connected them to the murder except that they believed it was, they were satanic. So they spent like what, 10? 10 years More than 10? Mm -hmm. Or was it just 10? No, it was, it was more than like 10. 14. Yeah. 14, something like that. They lost 14 years just because people thought <clears throat> they killed them. No, it had to have been. 23, something like that, yeah, 22 years in prison. Um, all three pled guilty to first and second degree murder while proclaiming their innocence. And um, Eccles actually said, I am innocent, as are Jason and Jesse, but I made the decision because I did not want to spend another day of my life behind those bars. I want to live and continue to fight for our innocence. Sometimes justice is neither pretty nor is it perfect, but it was important to take the opportunity to be free. So, a few other things that happened. Um, um, the 
um, press who was looking into the story, one of the fathers, Michael's father, gave the press a knife as a gift and it was ran through evidence and there was traces of the boy's blood on the knife. But again, he was not brought in for questioning. Um, so do they just not like him want to look bad? I guess, I'm not sure exactly. It's a very corrupt story. Like it was not, justice was not done as it should have been. Um, also, the police that night before the boys were found, they got a call from a, um, from a fast food restaurant that there was a bleeding man in their store that had locked himself in the women's bathroom. So when the police got there, there was blood streaks everywhere. Um, they obviously, there was no man. So they took evidence of the blood, but the evidence disappeared and never even made it into court. And the man that described him said that he, his um, pants legs up to his knee were muddy and wet. So they believe that whoever he was, he might've been involved and ran. So nobody knows what happened. A lot of evidence disappeared. Um, nobody that should have been questioned was ever questioned and they still to this day don't know who did it. And later, um, actually I forgot about this part too. I feel like we know who did it though. Yeah. <laughs> so the mom after her son died, uh, Stevie's mom, he, he used to carry this pocket knife around with him that his grandfather gave him. He never went anywhere without it. And after he died, she was uh, looking in the attic and found this box and in it, it was her husband's box and in it was Stevie's pocket knife. Oh. Yeah. So, um, and then later, a few years later, she mysteriously died. So. Mysteriously died? How did she die? Do you know? I don't know. So, it's pretty messed up. Yeah, it, it makes you want to. So, you know, have y'all ever heard of the Golden State Killer? Mm-hmm. Okay, y'all know um, the lady that caught him? She All she did was read a book or listen to a podcast or something like that, listen to something. Oh. And she figured out who it was. She started investigating and obsessing over yeah. it and figured out who it was. So this story, I've always wanted to share this story because it's been something that I've always been interested in. With all I the feel evidence, like they should bring it back to life. Exactly. Like bring it, you know? With all the evidence that they have on these people, you know, like they have actual DNA evidence and did not bring those people in. They just convicted the boys, even though they had no DNA evidence, they had no connections to the case at all. They still brought them in because. So the the. The guys who were convicted of it, they released now? They're yes, the they're they're out now. Um, Damien Eccles actually wrote a book. Let me see if I can find the name. Um, he released, oh, he's released several books. His most recent was High, uh, High Magic, A Guide to Spiritual Practices That Saved My Life on Death Row. So and he now lives he in Wigan? New York City. Hmm? Is he Wiccan? It says that he was into Wiccan practices. I don't know so how those, much So they were right. About that, then. Yeah, they were right about that, and yeah, but that doesn't mean that they were right about him killing somebody and no, taking away his life. And to to this day, all three of them still claim that they're innocent. And like I said, they have they've done several DNA tests, and none of the DNA goes back to the boys. It goes back to the stepfather and his friend. But they won't break. They didn't. They they never brought him in. I feel like something. Well, I mean, they're all older now, but that's just like the the um. 
Have y'all ever seen Ghost of Mississippi? No, but I've heard of it. Yeah, that's like just like just like that. They reopened that case, and then later on, this man was older and still got convicted of killing. Yeah, people from back in like the nineteen fifties and sixties, and but he got convicted in the nineties because they brought it back. Where did that take place at? West Memphis. Oh, this one. <laughs> yeah, and I'm uh, I'm sure there's more to the story that I didn't get, but with his. I mean, it's it's short, but it's really messed up. Like, there's a lot of things. These boys never got justice. I mean, who has it in them to strip kids, hog tie them, and kill them? Well, like, torture the first one, but just... How, and how did the other two drown? Where did they drown? They drowned in the lake. Oh, and did you say that? No. Yeah, that's why the person at the restaurant had muddy legs, because there was running water. Yeah. They found, um, they found them in a drainage ditch. Yeah, you can drown in two inches of water. Mm -hmm. Oh, so what they probably did was they probably just put them face down in it. Well, drainage ditches don't always have to be. No, but it could have been with water, and that's probably how they drown. Well, that's how most people drown is with water. So it could have been filled with water. They could have just hog tied them and laid them face down in yeah. it, and they wouldn't have been able to breathe. Well, with all the all the. Um... <laughs> so it was the one with the low IQ that was making the statements of he mm -hmm. wanted justice, because that's not the statement of somebody with a low IQ. Unless it was written for him. Right. Exactly. He was coerced. That's what they're saying. That's what they said is that. No, I'm his... talking about once he was released. Or... Oh, no, 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 no. Um, Eccles, one of the other ones too. Eccles was the first one. He was oh. the one that they suspected was the cult member. He was the one that wrote the book. Okay. Yeah. Jesse, um, Jesse Miss Kelly was the, the that... one with the low IQ that they thought maybe was um, coerced into his. Because I think profession. the standard IQ is like 90 to 105 or something. Mm-hmm. So to be in the 70s, you would you would literally be classified as mentally retarded. Mm -hmm. And he was. That's what how he was classified. But they still convicted him anyway. It makes me want to see what my IQ is because I feel like it's like on the lower side. Probably in the 70s. Of the 80s. <laughs> and they say whenever don't, you, don't flatter yourself. And they say whenever you get angry, your IQ drops by about 25 points. Yeah, because then you're going on. You don't think when you're angry. Mm -hmm. You do. Well, that's why you don't think. That's why you don't think, because the hormones and the stuff released drops, you literally drops your IQ level. That's why Brandon doesn't think with emotion. I'm sorry, that's why Big Daddy D doesn't. Big Daddy B. <laughs> <laughs> Did she just say that? It's almost as if she knows. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> You're one lucky woman. <laughs> <laughs> what am I missing? <laughs> I don't know. I missed the meeting that y'all had. <laughs> Apparently, I did Apparently a lot. <laughs> well, don't ever call me to those meetings. I don't want to come. So, yeah. That is the story of the West Memphis Three. And hopefully one day these kids will get justice. Yeah. Uh, maybe if people see this video, they'll be like, hey, y'all need a cold case file. Netflix. I begin to I I I I I I I begin to